Hi, I'm Maddie. And I'm Paige, and this is our podcast, Young Enough to Know It All. So, Paige, this past weekend you came to visit me at the Eric Carl Museum in Amherst, Massachusetts, right? Yeah, I did. It was great. I would even call it lit. Yeah, so it was free, fun, frat, nope, it was friendiversary, um, which is a free day where anybody can come and visit this museum and... Um, kids get free books and there's all sorts of activities and um, Mo Willems characters Elephant and Piggy show up in costume so it's all very very exciting yeah I would definitely say it was well it was not what I expected I mean it was definitely good to see well because sometimes I feel like I need to have a baby like today (laughs) so it was good to be surrounded by like 500 like really squirmy children that I was like oh yes Paige you can't handle this at all yeah but Um, some of them are so cute and they are like it's they're totally like hipster babies with their hipster (laughs) no they so are I love it I love it I was giving this one kid um a tattoo of Mo Willems character the pigeon at from his seminal book (laughs) don't let the pigeon drive the bus and this and this girl goes yeah, this is a temporary tattoo. My dad has a permanent one, but I, this isn't like that at all. And I was like, oh, what's what's your dad's permanent tattoo? And she's like, oh, it's just a pattern. And <laughs> it was really cute. It was just darling, and they all had such cute outfits on. Oh, my gosh. Did you see – well, there were so many kids. But did you see that really one little blonde girl? She had on, like, a polka-dotted – dress like a it was like a denim polka dotted dress yes. that was so it was so styling i don't know why they don't make kids clothes in adult size. i know kids are the well because everything's so kids are so little so everything's so cute on them i guess so if i was littler things would be cuter on me <laughs> you are always too. cute and things are always oh, cute on thank you you Paige. i think you're always cute and things are cute on you oh too. thank you maddie but anyway this day was so great like i said because there were 500 children um and children are really weird but cool, um, but also bad. Weird, but I think weird. if I had to, if I had to sum up children in three words, <laughs> but they're really cool, cute. Um, but they also have like no remorse. Like I watched a kid <laughs> slam another kid's fingers in a door in like one of those like pretend lock things, and neither one of them just did anything. They both just stood there. It was so weird. It was like this childhood hazing ritual. Like, should it have been painful? Did it look like yes, a slam? It, like, it was like clear a clear finger indent. It really. <laughs> freaked me out <laughs> but anyway the maybe, maybe these were two kids who came to the place with rubber hands and they sat there in the door freaking people out these were like five years no they were like three i would be super impressed if they were already at such a level of prankster don't you remember slamming your car door though on your fingers and like crying for an entire day yeah it hurts it does hurt i can't believe it but they are truly very metal they are kids are metal kids are metal <laughs> oh and i know moms are metal yeah moms moms are the ultimate ultimate metal the ultimate metal <laughs> um but the main reason that we went to the air museum besides the fact that we love it and we can say this because no kids are listening to it well actually no one's listening to our podcast yet but right now no kids are is that maddie was in the piggy costume and i she's was going to give us a review of what being a childhood mascot is like it was hot it was very sweaty and like i've been other mascots before but the piggy costume is like uniquely sweaty like (laughs) 
it's like made out of this like carpet like material and there's like an exoskeleton like made out of hula hoops and then you have like a massive head to put on and there's a little fan pack in the back of the head to like keep you cool and the first time I got in the costume I was in like slacks like business casual wear (laughs) and everybody who was like helping me put on the costume because it's like a three-person job you cannot do it by yourself um is like are you sure you don't want a pair of shorts or like a sports bra or something but I was I was so ill-prepared um but people are really sweet about it like they bring you ice packs and like stick them down your shirt and stuff and then by the time you get out you are just covered in sweat and you can't see a gosh darn thing either yeah what was your line of vision like I really wondered that like what can you see I can I can't I couldn't see a thing in that one but usually I can see like eyesight eye line uh-huh. like a maybe like the size of a piece of printer paper like <laughs> but kids were coming up to you and hugging and you were like putting your arms around them how could you do that if you couldn't see I, I just said just have to guess <laughs> like and you have to like use people's um cues like all right one two three cheese like that's when you put your hand up or oh, wow or when like the mom says oh that's so cute like the kid is probably hugging you <laughs> like <laughs> but um my best experience being a mascot was for our madeline exhibition um because it was the 75th anniversary of the book madeline um ludwig bellman's um Anywho, so I got in one of those big costumes, and this kid, this adorable, adorable child, comes up to me with her Madeline book and goes, Madeline, will you sign my book for me? And it was so cute. I died. Um, Paige, have you ever been a mascot? I never, ever have. But the mascot blood runs in my family. Does it really? Yeah, my uncle is a professional mascot. Shut up. For what What team? Uh, like a Virginia soccer team. He's like some type of bird. No way. Yeah, he is. Um, but your mom's side or your dad's? My dad's. Um, that is... A- my mom's side is way too pre-professional for someone to be a mascot. <laughs> um, anyway, one time, I don't really see him that often uh, on my dad's side. And one time he came up to me, it was like, well, actually, it was at my grandmother's funeral, and he was like, have you ever thought of being Charlie, a Charlie Brown mascot? Because you are just the right size. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell if that's a compliment or an insult. I know. I, know. I, I mean, I am very sad like Charlie Brown, so maybe he just got like the general personality <laughs> off of me. Have you ever thought about mascotting as a career choice? Um, only when I saw you today. Uh-oh. Oh, I do have to ask, though, yeah. So, um, for context for the podcast. So me... Victoria, who was interviewed later on the podcast, and Bruce went to see Maddie um, in all her glory. And there was a, an, a grown-up dude who came up to you and, like, pretended to kiss Piggy's cheek. You as Piggy. Did you see oh, that? Oh, I did not <laughs> see that. At, okay, because oh, I have a picture of it that I'll show you. Oh, my gosh. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh, it's, it's we'll really We'll put it something. up on the website. Yeah. Oh, we will put... Well, actually, they're strangers. Can we? We'll just yeah, put up sure. an artist's rendering of it in case we get sued. <laughs> um, okay, Maddie, you also did another exciting thing this week. You went dancing. I did go dancing on Monday night with one of our, or well, with two of our friends, Alex and Mary, and that was super fun. Paige, you really should come with me on Monday. No, I am going on Monday. Oh, yeah. sweet, wonderful! It's cha cha. Wow, um, it's gonna be hot. It is hot for Valentine's Day. <laughs> Literally and figuratively. That's another thing in which I was super sweaty. At. Um, I will not be wearing a big winter sweater to that again. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was really fun. I have no coordination, but it was it was it was a good time. It was nice 
<laughs> to have somebody's warm embrace. Oh, that is the saddest <laughs> thing I've heard. <laughs> Paige, are you going to switch up partners or will you be dancing with your beloved Bruce? The uh, time? I guess I'll just have to scope out who I think the hotties of the event are um, and then make eyes at them. Um, <laughs> Good call. Well, I don't know. What if, what Leave if Bruce, your options open. Yeah, switches up partners and then falls in love with them. So Ooh. I have to, I, constant vigilance is required. <laughs> but anyway, the reason I asked you is because you said something so excellent that I wanted you to say. Oh, 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 oh. I made the best joke, which will come as no surprise. Surprise to our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I was dancing with our friend Alex, and they had divided us up into leaders and followers as the part instead of men and women, so it was gender neutral, which I applaud the UMass ballroom dance team. Um, and I was on the follower side, which was fine. It was like the the woman part, which don't even get me started, but we'll, we'll pass over that for now. Um, and... Then me and Alex were dancing, and I go, hey, Alex, this is the only time a man is ever going to lead me. And he didn't even crack a smile. I was so disappointed. (laughs) But now in the three times I've retold that, it's gotten a two out of three laughs. I told it way more than three times, but everyone's laughed. I have laughed three times at that joke. That is an excellent joke. And now we can share it with our myriad listeners. Oh, also, follow-up listeners. Um... As you may remember, if you listened to last week's episode, we talked about having a party, and we did have a party. We did, and Paige came in clutch. Paige brings the party. As <laughs> all, something else that will come as no surprise to our listeners. Um, Paige, what'd you think? I thought it was great. Good. As lit as the Eric Carl Museum, once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I have to tell a funny story about Maddie, um, which will stay in the podcast, but I will give her the option to edit it out. Well, so Maddie had a couple of drinks and a few too many. <laughs> and she really was the musical Hamilton. <laughs> and so she switched we had I don't know, we were playing like Fetty Wap or something, and she switched the soundtrack to Hamilton. You know what? Nobody then, tried to stop me. <laughs> and no, it was great, it was great. And then she was like, What do you guys think? Should I buy a ticket? Should I buy a ticket to Hamilton? And I was like, it really seemed like you were going to buy a ticket right there. In that night, during the party, to did Hamilton. I buy a ticket? I hope not. <laughs> I don't think you did. I don't think I did. Either. But anyway, when we have attained podcast fame and a Hamilton producer listens to it this one day, and you I can hope know so. that. Lin-Manuel Miranda is a huge fan of podcasts. Oh, perfect. He is. He loves My Brother, My Brother, and Me. He's a very active oh, member on the My Brother, My Brother, and Me Facebook page. Oh, we should tweet at him. <laughs> Lin-Manuel, please listen. <laughs> Our first listener. Please listen. I guess if we start at the top. Yeah, we have to figure out how we're going to promote this. Because if I promote it on Facebook, I then re- all my relatives will be like, Paige, uh, this is so great. We'd love to see you exploring other interests. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, you know, I was thinking about that, too, and I don't. I Like, I want strangers to listen yeah. first and then friends. Right, exactly. So maybe also if we our idols are the best people to start <laughs> <Seriously>? with. <laughs> also, if we, if we put it and open it, um, on our Facebook page, then my grandmother will probably put, like, how can I get my granddaughter to call me more on our advice <laughs> call, which I think would just be sad. But anyway, love you a lot, Nana, in case you're listening to this right now. <laughs> Actually, that is a great advice thing for us <laughs> yeah, to maybe tackle. Answer. How can I get my grand... How can I get my grandchildren to call me more? I have no answers for that. <laughs> Are you sure? How do you get people to call you? In your I don't know. Life? I mainly just call them. 
And that's how I get people to be my friends. Be aggressive in your friendship pursuing. You know what? That's not terrible advice. That's great advice, actually. <laughs> you know what? You can't wait for people to come to you. You have to go to them. Yeah, that's so, true. It okay. is true. And speaking of advice, now we're going to move on to our advice I, section. Advice so- in, uh, what was that? Even that noise. <laughs> <laughs> Unless either one of us has anything to say. No. Okay, cool. Bye. Okay, so we took a brief break to eat both chocolate chips and curry, and now we are super fortified and ready to answer all of your advice questions. All right, so here's our first question. Dear Paige and Maddie, I really hate men, but I have to be around them all the time because they do make up 49% of the population, uh, but they just drive me crazy. What should I do? Sincerely, concerned for sanity in Amherst massachusetts okay well this is a great question that i could have written myself um (laughs) since most of my shtick is talking about how i hate men which is i guess i don't well okay i think i like hate like the proto annoying man you see on the internet like i have i am dating a man who i spend time with that i do not hate but i do say i hate men a lot in front of him how does Um, he feel about that i don't think he is like I don't think he feels targeted. I think he, I think there's a certain type of man that is easy to hate. Um, I think that type did of you man see? is universally hated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, Speaking uh, of, did you see Guy Fieri's frat, <laughs> frat picture? Like, no, no. Oh, it is golden. Highly recommended. Okay, listeners, look it up. Guy Fieri's frat of, picture. That's the sort of people, that's the sort of man that's easy to hate. Guy Fieri You hate Guy frat. Fieri? Don't you hate Guy Fieri? He's so I thought, I thought, no, I thought everyone loved, they, like, they loved to hate him. Or, like, they were, they, like, secretly loved him. Though. Oh, no, no, no. There's no, like, secret love okay, in my it's, heart It's just a hate. It's just, like, a burning, <laughs> a burning fire of hatred. Well, I think for me, a man that I hate is, like, a mansplainer. Like, someone who, Ugh. like, explains really, really basic concepts to you that you already know about. Like, a that... Man- a mansplainer who manspreads. Yeah. <laughs> the worst man. Yeah, that man puts fire into my heart. Or one who doesn't laugh at my jokes. Um, that also too. another man that, that I hate. Too. Oh, oh, listeners, you'll know this. Um, have you ever been in like, a situation where men, women will be telling jokes and, and men will just be like, uh-huh, yeah, ooh. Like, they don't even laugh and just make, like, mouth noises. I think that is so <laughs> weird. <laughs> I think it's weird, too, because sometimes, sometimes they do that. Because they honestly think that women can't be funny. But I think other times they do that because they don't know how to relate to women, women and women's humor. <laughs> like they don't they don't know how to laugh at a woman without being taken as offensive, which I mean it's it's not that hard. You just treat women like they're actual people. <laughs> like I, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, well I have no idea how to relate to a man, so they are I mean I have like mostly male residents, I'm an RA, and I have no idea what they like. It's just like a disaster trying to interact with them. Anyway, I think based on Tinder fishing. Ba- oh yeah, <laughs> I just be like, oh, I'm fishing and I'm holding an exotic pet because I feel like <laughs> Maddie, that was great. That was a good joke about Tinder. Okay, anyway, that was a real good funny there. <laughs> yeah, it was a real good funny. We're laughing at women's jokes right now. Um, back to your well, women and humorous. Back to happen. your question. Concerned in Amherst, MA. <sighs> what do you think we should tell this person to do? You can definitely see the appeal in men. I can see the appeal in men, personally. I have lots of male friends. I find myself 
having lots of male friends, even though I'm rolling my eyes at <laughs> their non-feminist leanings. I mean, and I don't know. I think I think you can tell yourself that by being around men and being an authentic woman, you are helping to educate people about what real women are like and not just in magazines and on television shows. Yeah, that's a really good answer. And I also um, think, like, pick pick men that you want to be around. Like, don't feel... Don't ever feel like you have to hang out with anyone. Oh, um, true. And also stand up for yourself. That is, like, my number one tip in dealing with anyone. Is say, like, say what you need to say. Um, and I also think that... John Mayer said it best. Yes. <laughs> we should, we could just play a clip right now. <laughs> um... Yeah, stand up for yourself and hang out with men that you don't hate. <laughs> okay, well, that doesn't solve our question at all. Well, I don't know. Take I a mean... women's studies class. <laughs> Actually, there are no men there. Um, I don't know. <laughs> but then, okay, we might have to edit this part out. But then when men like first discover feminism and they get like so annoyed uh, about it, they're just as bad. It, it's just as bad because then they're pandering to you. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, look... Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe here's the best question: is to try, try and swallow your hatred and make a couple <laughs> male friends, and then see their innate humanity, and also try <laughs> and, <laughs> and also try and educate them about what it means to be a, a feminist, but not an annoying male feminist. Yeah, male feminist. <laughs> All right, God bless them. <laughs> yeah, I, seriously. At least they're trying, you know. But, but at the same time want to slap them silly i mean like how hard is it to just shut up for like two seconds and like listen to what the women in your life are telling you or like read your women's studies textbook stop extrapolating i'm like well dear listener yeah, seriously. Uh, if only you could see our eyes rolling dear concerned and amorous let us know how it goes <laughs> Sorry that we gave such a biased answer, but not unsurprising from us, to be honest. Okay, so our next question um, is, Dear Paige and Maddie, I always get really nervous before big events and in social situations. What can I do to help deal with my nerves and make me, I guess, less nervous? Okay, and this sense, this one's nervous in Pennsylvania. Um, Maddie, what do you think? Um, well, I have had I've been known to have a tendency to get awfully nervous um especially before big things like I mean school stuff presentations big big I guess is relative here um but it always helps me to think that um especially in school I am never going to see these people again (laughs) how much do I really care what they think of me kind of nothing and I mean and I always think the people that I admire are always the ones that are just like so ballsy and so bold. And I want to be somebody that somebody else admires. So therefore, <laughs> wow. I should be ballsy and bold. Oh, but we shouldn't keep saying ballsy. We just oh, like, how much we hate oh, it. No, also, no, no. Also, did you know the word seminal is ba- like the no, word is semen? I looked it up I and now I, I say that. that word all the time. I say that word all the time too. I think we used it in our intro. I know. Oh, um, we have to find listeners. Email us. What's a better word? Anyway, um, Nervous, this is a really good question, and I also get nervous a lot, and then to overcompensate, like, my throat dries up, and so that I drink <laughs> a lot of water and I'm constantly peeing, 
But I think was oh, what I, was oh, my my bladder is <laughs> like on high alert the moment I get nervous. <laughs> <laughs> I think what the most freeing thing for me is is to remember that people are so self-absorbed. Oh, at least maybe I'm talking to myself. I am so self-absorbed. I people do not notice if you mess up. Like the they will think about it for one second at most. Everyone is always nervous and a mess. That's what I just assume, and that helps me a lot with my nervousness. Although that's, that's the truth. That's a good one. The only maybe Maddie maybe when I'm really nervous, I start to shake. Do you ever? I've do noticed that? that you you do kind of have like a tremor. But I'm not in your even. Hand. I'm not even like even when I don't get nervous, even if I get excited, like my hands will like tremble. It's like I'm a <laughs> tiny dog all the time. So maybe <laughs> that's adorable. <laughs> Maybe I'm asking this question to our listeners <laughs> to tell them how, how to stop trembling all the time. I do drink a lot of caffeine, so I think that might be the issue. That um, could be part of it. I mean, I wouldn't, but a lot, a lot of people get nervous when, or get shake when they get nervous. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I do too. And the only like, literally, it's like jumping off the high dive at a pool. Like you just gotta do it face first. See, I want to say balls to the wall, but that's another male sense. <laughs> well, yes. We sent her men everywhere. I know. Just what? do it. That's what we're doing. Do it. We sound like Nike, though. I know. We're either I a capitalist or a man lover. <laughs> <laughs> Never the two shall we. Um, uh, Nike, why do you have to infiltrate our even our daily speech? Men, why do you have to infiltrate <laughs> our, our daily, daily speech? speech? Seriously. Well, moving on to our last very different question from the other ones. <laughs> um, dear Paige and Maddie, I am perennially shy, but I am also interested in meeting eligible men, el- eligible bachelors to date. How can one do so? <laughs> well, well, listener, this is a great question, one that I also struggle with. Paige is the half of this duo in a real relationship. So Paige, why don't you tell us how you met your lovely beau? Oh, wow. Um, okay. We went camping together and then we didn't date for like six months. And then I made my move. Oh, this is my tip. Netflix and chill them. Um, okay. So I'll set the scene. First, don't listen to this part. Actually, you can, if you want to. He Um, was there. He was there. It happened to him. Um, this is not like a private or intimate moment. Anyway. Oh, this is not about meeting men, though. This is about hitting on men. Oh, well, you could do that, oh, I too. Guess, I guess join... Join... No, I can't say join activities you think men will be doing. Oh, that <laughs> How about we are, this? this is like the ultimate mixed message. I know. How about this? Do activities that you like doing, because then other yeah. men who also like doing those will be there. Don't try and, like think two steps ahead of the men in your life. Like, that is a better, way better tip than mine. And tip. then, if you don't meet any guys, you're still going to like it. Like, I hang out at Amherst Cinema constantly, and there is a guy there, and he's so cute. Oh, God <laughs> bless him. Um, And he was at Share Coffee the other day, too. Did but, you go talk to him? No, because I was there with a friend. Oh. And, and I thought that that would be weird, and he was there with a friend, too, and I didn't want to go up and be like, hey, you work at Amherst Cinema, I frequently patronize Amory Cinema. You're cute. Let's 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 go out on the town together. But um, but I have given somebody a number at Starbucks once. Oh, what happened? It, well, I was in high school, so it really fell through. But but here, you know what? Here's another thing. I say 
be bold and yeah make the first move make always the first move because if you don't do it who will like you don't want to be sitting there and be you know what you're always going to have a better story if you make the first move and if you don't then at least you can't say what if yeah that's true always make the first move because people are shy just like i don't know just people plow are forward and do it and people will always be impressed uh, that's um, true. People will be impressed. Yeah. So, yeah. Do stuff that you love. And then the people you want to date will hopefully come later. But anyway, here's my tip for when you do meet someone you want to date. After you have given them the number at a coffee shop. Yes. Okay. You're over at their apartment and you say, let's watch Short Term 12, an acclaimed <laughs> movie about the foster care system. Um, and then... This is just an out-of-the-hat story. Definitely haven't personal experience at all. Then, in the middle of a painfully awkward sex scene, you pause it and tell the other person you have a crush on them. Oh, no! And it works every time. Is that really what happened? That's really what happened. Oh, my God! I have never heard this story before. That is golden! Oh, thanks. Smooth. You know what? It worked for you. It did work for me. But speaking of... Meeting men, we had something we wanted to talk about about one of our feminist heroes really letting us down. Two of our feminist, Two of our feminist heroes, heroes actually. Yeah, you're down. so right. I, my my half of this duo is Madeline Albright, famous Secretary of State and wearer of pins. <laughs> and and my feminist hero that I was upset about is Gloria Steinem, um, because we're recording this on my phone, so Maddie's gonna pull up the news on her phone. But I'll just say what I know from memory. Um, Gloria Steinem was interviewed by Bill, Bill Maher. Ma- yeah, Bill Maher. Bill Maher. I have no idea how to say his name. I would never. I would never heard it. Readers, write in. It. <laughs> anyway, and she said that um, women were join or voting for Bernie Sanders because they wanted to meet boys. And the exact quote reads: "When you're young, you're thinking, where are the boys? The boys are with Bernie, which is." Patently untrue to begin with. The boys are not necessarily with Bernie. That makes it sound like Bernie Sanders has like a giant suit and like all these early 20 something boys are just like, oh, it's like, you know that scene in the Nutcracker where that woman threw, oh, it's, it's that one woman who has like the giant skirts and all the kids are underneath it. She pulls the skirt and all the, all the kids run out, but it's like Bernie Sanders like pulls up his massive trousers of like seven 20 something males run out. My my mental image was like of a '90s boy band, with like Bernie and the Boys. I was like, can you imagine? Bernie Sanders is so old. There's no way he could even dance anymore. <laughs> no, he can dance. He was on Ellen. Really? You know what? Why why are they trying to make politicians cool? I don't want my politician to be cool. I just want them to be good at their job. Is that too much to ask? Seriously. Well, Not that I'm saying that Bernie would be bad at his job, just like you don't have to debase yourself on Ellen. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of that, I feel like, now. Like, pandering to youth. But they don't... Okay, well, I do... Okay, so... This is a politics um, part. I do think that Bernie Sanders has a lot of policies Major that are good. Healer. Yeah, <laughs> that are good for youth. But I also hate that I feel like politicians really don't do like they pander to youth by being like, "Watch me, watch, watch me do me this win. dance on now TV." Me yeah, exactly. You're like, I love memes. Like, I neither one of these are helping me a lot as a youth. I mean, I love memes too. But anyway, what was the other quote? Oh, um, and then. Madeline Albright says, We can tell our story of how we climbed the ladder, and a lot of you younger women 
think it's done. It's not done. There is a special place in hell for women who don't help each other, end quote. While that is true, there is a special place in women for don't... <laughs> for women and- <laughs> for women who don't help each other. Um, you know what? I don't know if that's even true. I don't want to relegate any woman to hell. I know. And it's I also... Okay. You know what? I take that back. I read Nick that statement. What? That you think it's true? That I think it's true. Well, I, I think, think women it's... should help other women, but it really upset me that she said a lot of you women think the work here is done. I think you could ask any younger women, like, we did it. It's over. <laughs> yeah, we solved inequality. <laughs> Congrats. <laughs> yeah. I think they would tell you, like, so... No. It just really upset me that these two women that I really respect and admire a lot... Because I do think I probably will end up voting for Bernie, but I do think that Bernie has had a lot of things that he's been allowed to do as a man that Hillary Clinton would never be able to, like having messy hair and yelling all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like perpetually disheveled. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. And I, I mean, I think Hillary gets a bad rap because she's a woman. Like, I, uh, And I think that younger men like to hate on her because she's a woman and they think that Bernie's cool because he's a Democrat and he's an old white man. I'm like, I know, it does hurt me a little bit that I'm going to go cast a vote for an old white man. <laughs> but I mean, I don't know. He is really, really great on women's issues. Like, I, women's health care is such an important issue to me. Literally, sometimes I stay up at night thinking about what I would do if I had a baby in my in my uterus that I was not wanting to have and then a Republican was in office and it was outlawed and I didn't have the resources to go and get an abortion like literally that keeps me up at night and and I think that I should be hoarding like the day or the morning after pills or like abortion pills Mm -hmm. or early trimester I don't know. It really makes me nervous. And I I think that a vote for Bernie is a much better way to keep my abortion rights viable. Mm-hmm. Did, than you, a vote for did you use else. viable on purpose? Ah! <laughs> no, I did not use viable on purpose. <laughs> that was That's really good. good. <laughs> it's just frustrating. It's just frustrating. And I feel sad. I don't know. This, these two women really bummed me out. Me <laughs> it's out me, Paige, too. a sad women's studies major. <laughs> I don't know. Sigh. Big sigh is right. I know. And I don't think that they should be putting younger women down. Yeah, I also. hate that. That is not a tenet of feminism. You know what? You're right. I'm going to write Gloria Steinem a strongly <laughs> worded letter. This is just like what I said. Time, a strongly worded letter. And they never answered it or published Did you published really send them? It. Yeah, it was like in seventh letter. grade. <laughs> Do you remember in the... Do you remember in the in the backs of time, like you know how they used to have ten questions? Oh, and, like, I love the those. questions were sent in by readers. Yeah. They cut it when we were like in eighth grade. No, and they, they said, still do ten questions, but it's, it's just not, not reader. But, yeah. yeah. But the readers was cool. I like the readers best. <laughs> anyway. Bernie Sanders would probably bring back the readers submitted questions in time. <laughs> a vote for Bernie means a vote for readers submitted questions in time. Anyway. Um so I wrote them a letter that was like as a yacht, as a budding politician or something just like hugely nerdy like it really upsets me that I can no longer submit my questions to some of the greats of America <laughs> and I sent her like my middle school email and I was like can we be published by time <laughs> and then nothing happened that's a really really touching story <laughs> thank I really you like it. Um, anyway what are our what are our final thoughts on the whole Bernie Hillary thing our, my final thoughts are that I hope I didn't alienate any 
listeners, <laughs> usually I, my final thought is be nice to young women. Yeah, seriously. Because it's kind of rough. It is rough. I mean, I don't, I don't want to be like hating on myself all the time, but, or like having a pity party over here because I really love being a young woman. But also, we could I, we could use a hand now and again, especially from older and wiser feminists who've done a lot. Yeah, for women in general. So, please, listener, <laughs> stay on. Every week will not be like this. No, it will be like this, but still fun. You'll love it. You'll love it, listener. Paige, final thoughts. <laughs> I don't know what my final thoughts are. I do think I'll probably vote for Bernie, but I do feel like intensely bad for Hillary. <laughs> I just think a lot of the stuff she's picked on for a man would never get picked on for and i think some of these bernie sanders supporters are real jerks like on twitter and stuff uh, oh they also fun. they okay so i was reading this article about one bernie sanders supporter who um or like a couple like bernie bros who like will insult oh. women on uh. um uh. like the internet and they called one woman quit trash <gasps> and i was like that's it that's the name of my new punk band <laughs> That might be too harsh for our listeners. No, no, no. I think our listeners can handle it. Our listeners can handle it. But anyway, check me out. Check me out my punk band, Clit Trash, coming soon to you. That's my (laughs) final thought. Anyway, if you're good at writing songs, hit me up because now it's happening. (laughs) All right. See you when we close the episode. who is a sophomore at UMass. She's a microbio major, and she's pre-med, so she's really a smart cookie. Um, And we're gonna be talking to her about a breadth of stuff, but mostly um, one of her her many crowning achievements is that she went to the the Scripps National Spelling Bee in seventh grade, which is pretty rad. All right, anyway, here she is. Going to the Scripps National Spelling Bee. Um, It was a pretty exciting moment. Um, It was kind of surreal because I, didn't I wasn't trying to go for the spelling bee it just kind of happened and then it kept happening and working (laughs) and then um I just realized when I was going to the national spelling bee I was really excited especially since I would get to miss a week of school (laughs) in DC (laughs) what wait what word did you win on did you Um, go to the spelling bee on I won the regional spelling bee on the word erudite. Like, oh, wow. That's like, a good that word. Funny. And you were erudite because you were able to spell the word. Um, <laughs> do you remember what you did to, like, prepare for the whole spelling bee? Um, I didn't prepare for the spelling bee the first time around because it was just the school spelling bee. It was kind of for kicks and giggles. Um, and then... Afterwards, I was just kind of reading. My mom bought me a book, actually, and it was like, How to Win the National Spelling <laughs> from previous Spelling Bee Champs. And it was a lot of, uh, oh, drink water, eat food, <laughs> go to bed early, learn how to spell these words. <laughs> um, so I did kind of study some words and, like, the roots of words on how to spell them. Um, but other than that, it was kind of just like, well, let's just have fun while we're at it. Like, I don't think I'm going to win, so let's just enjoy the time. What word did you get out on? Oh, that's a rough question. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> this is bringing up emotional things <laughs> for you. Um, well, I didn't really get out on a word. Um, I just, 
I didn't make it past the computer round because oh. they had like a test and there was like 50 words and you have to get a certain amount right and it was like 28 words right and I only had like 25 oh, words no. but um, it was a lot of fun still we got one round on TV. Oh, wow. yeah. exciting! Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember what that was like? Like, were there like I don't know, were there like a lot of cameras pointed on you? Yeah. Did you have to get your makeup did? I did not, but I remember I wore this such like a cheesy dress that was like neon colored. <laughs> all the rage. I had like a neon choker. Ooh, nice. <laughs> classic early two thousands fashion. Yeah, seriously. Um, I remember like the stage, it was like really bright lit, there's a lot of cameras, I couldn't see my family anymore, um, but it was kind of exciting being around all the spellers because everybody was pretty nervous and like mm-hmm. pretty excited. Um, we had these huge name cards or placards that were hanging and we could use those to like fake write on because we weren't allowed to have like a pen and a pencil. Uh-huh. Um, so I like other... Like, spelling bees before that, were you allowed to have a pen and a pencil? No, but um, it was, like, supposed to be, like, you could, like, just use your finger to write on it, mm-hmm. and that was, like, the closest you could get to see the word. Um, was that helpful? Did you always do that? Uh, it would definitely be helpful, but you couldn't actually see the word. You know, like, sometimes you look at a word, and you're like, oh, that just doesn't look right at mm-hmm, all. Right. Um, but, yeah, a lot of kids would use it as a tool to help them. I didn't really see the point. I didn't think I didn't think it was, like, super, super helpful. Um, but it's kind of nice to have something to fiddle with while you're, like, nervously waiting. Like, oh, what word am I going to get? <laughs> and everything. Um, do you have any nervous habits? Uh, nervous habits? Like, uh, do you twist your hair or, like... Yeah, I definitely... Mess with your I fingernails? I fiddle, fiddle around with things. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember specifically for the regional spelling bee, um, I had... I always get music stuck in my head, um, and for that one, I had the opening lines of the circle of life, <laughs> just like the African chanting in my head, and I just couldn't get it out the whole time. I was like, this is super unhelpful, but it's also kind of common because I love this song. Yeah, that is a great song. That makes song. for a really intense soundtrack to your spelling yeah. bee experience. Was there a lot of, like, other contestants mingling? Like, do you have, like, a dance or, like, social An ice cream social? We did. It was really great. I met some, like, really new friends. They were awesome. Um, We bonded really fast. The first, like, when you first entered into the hotel, it was a pretty fancy hotel, and they gave you, like, a packet, and one was a little booklet with, like, information and pictures of all the spellers from around the world. that's so cool. Um, And we had this, like, meet and greet kind of thing, and we were all in the lobby, and we get each other's autographs. (laughs) Oh, I love that! (laughs) And that's when we first met, like, a lot of them. Um, And I made some really great friends, and I remember one time we were just having a blast hanging out, uh, and we thought we were going to get kicked out because we were running up the down escalator. <laughs> we were so cool. We are like, we're in the National Spelling Bee. We rule this hotel. You can't kick us out. And we'd be like, hey, you can't do that. I'm like, oh, sorry. We, we run this town. You. Do you think any romance blossomed at the that National Spelling totally Bee? That was totally going to be my question. I Does know. anybody meet their soulmate at Scripps National Spelling Bee? Or at least their bee? middle school soulmate. There was some drama. Oh, um, it wasn't in my friend group. <laughs> yes, we formed cliques, but that's 
Uh, <laughs> we were Facebook friends within the first day, and then I remember there were sound spellers that uh, were kind of like a thing, and then we had a dance at the end of the week, and uh, definitely it was drama when people like slow dance together, and like, <laughs> oh man, they're dancing together. I wonder if they'll like become a thing, because they live across the United States from each other. Um, Did anybody yeah. become a thing? I don't think they lasted for very long. Ooh, that's hard. <laughs> the fleeting um, love of middle school. <laughs> um, but some people definitely kept in touch through Facebook. There's like a whole national spelling bee group that I may or may not be a part of on Facebook. Whoa, are you in it? Yeah. I bet you that is so cool. It's all people who are like really good at spelling and successful. I don't know. I think it's all like startup ideas and like, I can't think of like other like, like things that I feel successful like. Successful things. Yeah. Like what else do you think that people, people getting their do? PhD people get, Yeah, but in like, but in like linguistics because it's spelling related. Well, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. What is it like? Tell us about it. Um, I don't know. I'm not a super active member, <laughs> <laughs> but at first it was kind of like a lot of like, oh, I miss you guys. We should hang out. But like, it's not actually realistic. Um, and now it's kind of more like when the National Spelling Bee comes on and everybody's like, oh, good luck to future spellers. Um, mm-hmm. Some people... Oh, that's really sweet. <laughs> it's interesting to see where some people are now because some people like went on to continue to do some kind of linguistic um, spelling-ish stuff. Mm-hmm. Other people, it was also like they just ha- kind of happened onto the National Spelling Bee and then now are like doing other really successful things and like going into like politics or like trying to like... Get, they're like in internships in the state house or somewhere mm-hmm. else and it's like really cool because they're all really smart kids and it's really cool to see how far they've gone in life. Okay, so how do you think your spelling bee success has affected your future career aspirations? Um, I don't know if it has had a direct effect because I want to be a doctor and that doesn't have much relevance to do with the spelling bee. Um, but I think... It definitely helped because it set off like a nice worth ethic. Mm-hmm. Um, because after I won the spelling bee in seventh grade, um, even though I didn't get very far in the national spelling bee, it just kind of uh, I don't know had set high expectations for eighth grade. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so in eighth grade, I had to study a lot so I could like you know live up to my seventh grade self. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then actually, my seventh grade English teacher tutored me. Uh, before school and we'd go over like a lot of roots that I had to memorize kind of like tips and tricks for spelling bee so I got like a really good relationship with my seventh grade English teacher and also the vice principal at the time um, because he was super enthusiastic about the spelling bee so Mm -hmm. that was really nice for me like those uh, connections um didn't it feel like the pressure was on kind of at that point? Yeah, it was kind of pressure. There's a lot of pressure because everyone's like, oh, like, are, you're going to go to the spelling bee again, like, this year, right? And, like, you'll go further this time because now you know what to do. Did you go again? Uh, well, I won the school spelling bee. And I was like, oh, man, she's got this again. <laughs> like, to the national spelling bee. And then in a regional spelling bee, I got this word, and um, it was like a 50-50 chance because I knew there was a double letter but I what couldn't word remember. Was it? I think it was like decapitulation or something. Oh my god! <laughs> and I was like, I think there's a double letter, but it like is a fifty-fifty, maybe, maybe not. And then I guessed wrong, oh. and I got out. I was in fourth place, so I didn't oh. even get a trophy. Um, and then 
it was just I had to sit there and watch and listen to all the other spellers and I knew every single word up afterwards oh like even the winning word and then the winner like congrats to her she was like fourth grade oh wow homeschooled fourth grader and I was just like you know what you go girl you have fun in spelling <laughs> Wow, so people you as young as fourth grade can go to the spelling bee? Yeah. Um, I think there was even, like, a third grader once. Oh, but like I these, was... Some people just, like, spent their whole lives dedicated to the spelling bee, mm-hmm. which I think is just a little much for me. I don't know. I you think that's a spell- little much for me, too. Yeah. Oh, I would be sad if, like, my whole life was spent, like, studying roots and yeah, things. What type learn, of life is that? <laughs> you learn stuff, but it's just not very applicable outside. Like, I don't know, I learned a lot of roots, and now it's, like, cool when I see medical terms with, like, Latin or Greek roots, and I'm like, oh, I understand that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, spelling, a lot of people just focus on the actual spelling of the word, and then... I don't know. There's not a lot of jobs where like, oh, spell you're this for me. You're a great speller. You know? yeah. <laughs> we have spell check now, so a lot of places they don't even have spelling bees anymore. I didn't have a spelling bee growing up. Did you, Paige? Yeah, I won my eighth grade spelling bee. <gasps> With what word? It was okay. Well, this is gonna look really pathetic next to Victoria, but yeah. my winning eighth grade word was sauerkraut. <laughs> my German heritage, and then I got out on distillation, which I Ooh. still can't spell. Yeah, but I was like, I wasn't like any. I was like the second word, and they or like the second yeah, person. Yeah. They were like spell distillation, and I like stood <laughs> there for like it. fifteen minutes. <laughs> yeah, and then spelled it wrong. <laughs> it was a science term. I'm a women's studies major. Um, <laughs> anyway, did your local paper write about you? I did get a picture. Oh, in the local oh, that's paper. awesome. Um, it was did really your parents awesome. Have it like framed in your house? I think they might. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We recently moved, so it might be gone. But for the longest time, it was like uh, just pinned onto our fridge. Oh, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've gotten in the local paper for that uh, once when I was like in second grade because I'd always visit my first grade teacher and it was for Dr. Seuss Day in school and I was wearing a cat in the hat hat. (laughs) That's adorable! (laughs) And then once for volleyball in high school. Oh, nice! Like my three great shining moments. Yeah, it's like we know a celebrity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I think we should probably wrap up the interview, so let's ask each ask one more question. If you were a tree, what type of tree would you be? I were a tree, I would be a maple tree. Ooh. Because hi. they produce really delicious maple syrup. <laughs> they turn beautiful red colors and they have really big pretty leaves. And you are pretty. Yeah. <laughs> but, but you're compact. <laughs> and you're good at baking, so you're already producing yeah, there delicious you go. things. Um, okay, my last question is going to be if you had, like, to give words of advice to all the people who listen to our podcast who are children and who want to really succeed in spelling bees, what would you say to them? I would say read a lot of books um, because I think that's how, like, the first time I managed to succeed in the spelling bee, I wasn't trying to win the spelling bee or anything. I just knew a lot of words because I was a nerd and read <laughs> so many Magic Treehouse books. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, you just get exposure to so many new words and you learn a lot. So it's great. I have cool. another question before we finish. If you had won the Powerball, what would you do with the money? Ooh, that is a good question. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so curious. We've never talked about this. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a lot of money. Like, a lot, a lot of money. 
uh, first I'd have to get an accountant, so <laughs> the taxes thing doesn't screw me over. And then I would, hmm, I'd want to do a lot of research and find out different organizations I'd like to invest in or start my own organization to help people um, in general because I think everybody out here needs a little help um, and I don't know how to target like I don't I can't choose a specific population to target mm -hmm. so I'm sure I'll figure it out on the way what would you do with your for funsy you you do a little bit of like for funsy oh of stuff. course yes I love traveling so oh, I definitely yeah, travel awesome. to every country <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for letting us interview you yes, today. thank you. It was such a pleasure. <laughs> I feel like I discovered so many more things about my future roommate. Um, and if you have any questions for Victoria that we can answer on future podcasts, because I'm going to live with her next year, you can email us at youngenoughtoknowitall at gmail.com. Thanks, Victoria. You were awesome. Thank Thanks, you. Guys. Thanks for tuning in to a slightly more explicit and political version of Young Enough to Know It All. We're still figuring out the tone of our show, uh, but expect more feminist rants and raves because that's, that's where we're coming that's from. That's how we live our lives, always. Anyway, Maddie, where can they, where can they get in touch with us? Uh, you can send us questions, comments, your own feminist rants and raves <laughs> at youngenoughtoknowitall at gmail.com. And we can expect to have a Facebook and a Twitter page set up by the time you're hearing this episode. All right, great. See you next week. Thanks right. for listening. Bye. Bye.